All right, Gators out today. It's the Carson Anderson program, 248-539-9797. So here we sit uh, following a 29 to nothing shutout. The Detroit Lions losing to the New England Patriots yesterday in disturbing fashion because there was uh, there was zero competitiveness. There was zero signs of growth, zero signs of progress, zero signs of of potential. It was just bad. They were bad. And that's going to happen, okay? If you're a great football team, it doesn't happen very much. Nobody here thinks this is a great football team. Nor did we ever. Did we think they had potential to win six, seven, or eight games? Yes. And to get to, you know, nine, ten, or eleven losses, you have to, somewhere along the line, lose some games. And... (laughs) They've lost a bunch up front here, which might put them behind schedule. I will also bet you money, put a pin in this statement, and let's revisit it in the weeks to come. They will play a game before the season is done where you'll go, wow, they look great. Because that's what happens. Okay? Last year they had that performance against Philadelphia, 44-6 to or whatever that was, then came back and won – they only lost three of their final seven games and had some games in there where they looked pretty damn good. It's the ebbs and flows of the season. Talking about it in the immediate wake of that poo sandwich yesterday isn't really, you know, <laughs> doesn't feel like it's it's timely, but it is a fact. Like, this is kind of typical in the NFL. This happens to average to below average teams once or twice a year where you just look like Mung, and they did. And, okay. The default position in Detroit tends to be, well, that's who they truly are because they've kind of conditioned us for that. I don't believe that that's who they truly are yesterday. If you ask me after a 29-0 game where their problems lie, their problems still lie on the defense and the offense is still going to be pretty good. Is it the best in the NFL offensively? We debated that even when they were leading the NFL in scoring. However, they have a lot of games to play here to try and get back to the team that showed some promise and progress. And there's a degree of patience that comes with a new regime when it comes to promise and progress, but that patience runs out when it doesn't start to turn into wins. That team yesterday... Looked like an authentic 313-1 version of the Detroit Lions, the one we saw a year ago. I don't think that's who they are. I don't believe that. I don't believe they're as bad as they were last year. But that game yesterday didn't instill confidence. Can't keep happening. If it does keep happening, the problem is... You start to erode away at a belief in a coach and a staff if stuff like that keeps happening. And I'm talking about not us, not me, because the truth is what I think, what Kang thinks, what everybody out there thinks, the public opinion doesn't doesn't erode the faith in the locker room. It's when the faith in the locker room starts to erode, you've got perhaps irreversible damage and 
it may not work. Now, can public opinion eventually seep into the minds of the players? I don't know. I hope they're not listening. If you're a Detroit Lion and you're listening right now, I recommend you turn it off because I don't think it helps you. (laughs) But bottom line is, those are the opinions that matters the most. The guys in the locker room. 1130, we'll get into the most disturbing trend with the Lions. In the meantime, and I'm talking about just on-field football-y stuff, let's get back to your phone calls. AJ's in Canton, and he's next. Hi, AJ. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks What's up? for taking my phone call. Uh, you're welcome. Hey, a couple of things. One's, one's a footnote from history. I've been watching the Lions on, since 67. Uh, I believe back in 1970, the Lions had a heck of a team. And they were leading Cincinnati 38 to nothing towards the end of the game. And Coach Paul Brown of Cincinnati, when, when they were close to scoring and they couldn't score a touchdown, he lined up his team and kicked the field goal. The Lions won that game 38 to 3. Why? Because he felt that being shut out is a slap in the face, a kick in the gut. And that's what the Lions should have done yesterday. And for another reason, too is you've got a new kicker, you're on the five-yard line, why go for fourth down when the game is out of hand anyway? You're not going to score four touchdowns to win. Get that, get that new kicker in, let him get, it, get the monkey off his shoulder, and try that field goal. If you make that field goal, you can maybe try an onside after. But, you know, don't be shut out. That's the main thing. You could have scored, you, but you got shut out. Well, AJ, it may matter to some. I don't know if if it really, in the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, if it really matters all that much. Obviously, you have your belief that it does. I went back and looked it up, and you're right, since he did exactly that. And do you know the name of the kicker? This is great. I don't remember, no. Horst Mullman. <laughs> <laughs> who made his debut, well his debut in the NFL at the age of 29 and kicked for 10 uh-huh. years, Horst Mullman. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would kicking a field goal late in that game matter? Probably not. I and mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it really matters. Paul Brown thought it mattered. Now, I would agree with you. Hey, why not? Was it Badgley? Test him. Because what if they need it to parade him onto the field against Dallas in a couple weeks and it's still Badgley and it's his first kick and the Lions are trailing, you know, 29-28 and all he's done is kick extra points. I can see the thought process behind that, getting yep. him a kick, but it's not like he's a rookie kicker. He's kicked in this league before, you know. Yep. But, yeah, I can understand that. And maybe... They do call him the money badger, so maybe they think he's going to be good anyways. But if you can't trust him, because if you didn't, you know, if you didn't hear, Dan Campbell said they had a yard marker they wanted to get to before they, as yep. you said, paraded him out there. If he can't hit a fifty-yard field goal, he's the best that they worked out. He's the best they got. Like, yeah, this wasn't, you know, I don't know, man. I think fifty. It's not too much to ask nowadays. Maybe it beyond that, be. it yeah. shouldn't be. When no. it, when somebody lines up against the Lions, to kick a fifty-yard field goal to beat him, I think it's going through the uprights. A hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah, I want I want that guy kicking field goals for the Lions. And do I think that he didn't have Horst Mullman like belief in Badgley? Maybe, 
Go find your horse moment. Yeah, where have all the horse gone? Where right? have all the horse gone? <laughs> uh, Doug, did you see the, the, the news in the NFL? No. Someone's been fired. Someone has been fired already. A head coach? Yep. It's not Dan Campbell, everyone. But, some, but the first is gone. Is he was a, I think he was maybe the odds on favorite to start the year to get let go first too. Is it is it Holmes down in Carolina? Yep. Mm, boy, Why Matt I, Rule. Thank you. God, I couldn't think of his name. So I you could, know, the, I had I pictured him. Well, you're a huge college guy. I know. So speaking of college, though, one of the theories behind firing him right now, other than they're terrible, yeah, is if he gets a head college job, they yep. don't have to do the buyout or the rest. So they of the let him go job. and. Hopefully he Dang, gets dangle in front of yes. ne- dangling him in front of Nebraska. Yes, <laughs> that's funny. Hey, he would have recruiting ties in Texas, which is where he had success at Baylor. And at the end of the day, I, I think that has been the biggest downfall of Nebraska football is their inability to get recruits out of Texas. But to me, it's <laughs> um, it's going to be harder because when they played in the Big Twelve, they played half their road games in Texas. So how does this? Affect us locally, right? Yeah. Matt Rule, he signed a seven-year, $62 million contract. That was 33 months ago. Yeah. Do you expect some kind of similar timeline with Dan Campbell, who signed, what, a six-year deal, was it? So it's midway. It's it's early in year three for Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Right now we're in the middle. Well, not yeah. early year two. Let's be clear here. Dan Campbell's not getting fired this no, year. I don't think he is But could all. he get fired next year? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah I think he could. And it also impacts us because Carolina's on Detroit's schedule later this year. And it'll be intriguing to see how that uh, how that team responds. 